There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. We're talking all about creativity, inspiration, and curiosity. Drive Live Talks Education. So we have two guests in the studio today. We'll start ladies first. We have Jessica Agarwal, who is from the LifeWorks Clinic. You're a clinical psychologist. Thanks for joining us on the programme. Thanks for having me. Very nice to have you here. And we also have Paul Lieblick, who's the head of school at Clarion School. Nice to see you. Pleasure being here. So when we talk about creativity and curiosity... Um, we were just mentioning on the programme with Jay Sky, we're having a chat about going heading out tonight to see the meteor shower and it's two o'clock in the morning, which is a bit late for me on a school night. Yeah. But, um, you know, encouraging your child to be curious about the world, that's kind of a perfect example, wouldn't you say, Paul? It's a great example. Um, and I think this, this whole conversation should start with, with something from one of the most creative people, Einstein. Einstein said uh, creativity is intelligence having fun. And as far as, um, as talking about kids um, and educating them, I think that's a, a good starting place is that uh, if you want kids to be intelligent, you got to be thinking about kids having fun. And would you um, agree with that? Do you think it's very important that you... I mean, I'm not particularly into space and producer Aisha and Emma are just absolutely dismayed by the fact that I'm, you know, I've never seen Star Wars. I've never seen Star Trek and astronomy. All of that stuff is is not something I particularly enjoyed as a child, but it's not necessarily about having your child interested in that, but it's finding something. Definitely. I agree with you and I agree with what Dr. Paul just said, that curiosity and creativity is about having fun while trying to figure out what you like. Um, it's not easy to figure out for any parent or for ch- the child to know what they'd like. The best way is to keep doing things till you find what mm. you like. Mm. And for parents, it's very important to be attuned to the child's interest. Sometimes a lot of parents uh, try to very subconsciously put their ch- push their children into something that they think is interesting. Mm. So really, it's important to try and avoid that and see what your child wants and Help them towards that. Um, I just wanted to to bring this um, up because it's very poignant to what you're talking about. And it was something that a a very good friend of mine posted on his Facebook wall last week. And he basically wrote, 27 years ago, my parents and I were told by my school that I should go and get a factory job because I had no hope of becoming anything. (laughs) They basically said all all day he just wants to draw pictures on a computer and doesn't bother with the lessons. Now, at 43 years old, he is now the head editor at ITV. He's won BAFTAs and everything. So his interest in creativity (laughs) and sitting there drawing stuff on a computer has become his career. Right. So surely if if a child shows an interest in being creative, it's something that should be nurtured. Definitely. And one thing that you made a very important uh, comment, it was actually very implicit in what you said, that a lot of people believe that if you're creative, you're not intelligent. Mm. That's a myth. Creativity is actually what improves intelligence. Creativity helps in increasing your problem solving, in finding novel ways of uh, solving the old problems, in finding something completely out of the box. In fact, I believe that creativity leads to different kinds of intelligences. Like you said about your friend, he had spatial intelligence, there is logical intelligence, there is intrapersonal, interpersonal 
school knowledge is just a limited kind of intelligence that we have mm. creativity explores an entire range of intelligence and knowledge that you know children should be made more aware of Paul, uh, what, what would you think? Oh, sorry, no. I was just okay. going to say, what would you think if, you know, a teacher said that to a child now, go and get this kind of job because you're wasting your time being creative? Well, one of, the, one of my first thoughts is uh, there aren't that many manufacturing jobs left anymore. <laughs> so that, you can that tell the story would be was in the past. some pretty yeah. bum advice. I'd, <laughs> so I'd, 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 I would be saying that teacher needs to update her understanding and knowledge of, of what's going on uh, in the world of work because we know that's changing dramatically and the kind of people that um, more and more uh, companies are looking for um, require people who can think, who can, who can problem solve and go, go that next step to be creative, to be, to be doing something that's new, that's simple, that's elegant, that fits the situation well, and you don't get that by following the kind of advice that this teacher was giving. Yeah. So that's not ideal advice, of course. And, you know, for Emma's friend, at least they had the confidence or the parents had the confidence to say, we're not just going to take this advice seriously. We trust you and we trust our judgment. So what is a good way then to inspire a child to be creative and curious? So we know it's great to do it, but how do we do it, Paul? Well, well, one of the first things you have to be committed to as a school or as a parent is you have to be ready to give kids time to to explore this world, this realm. Yeah. Uh, if you're filling them up uh, with so many activities, they're always scheduled, they've got, always got screen time, you've already you've planned all their time for them, then that a lot of the characteristics that lead to becoming a creative person mm. aren't developed. And so while there are certainly people who are naturally, in quotes, more creative at a higher level, everybody is creative to some extent, and that can be developed and more or less depending on how much time you're given to explore that and also depending on the kind of environment that you allow your child to enter into uh, in ways that will in begin to stretch him and challenge him and make him act in creative ways. And, you know, what kind of areas do you suggest parents do approach and work on with their children in order for them to become creative, curious, uh, and, you know, have the confidence to do that. Right. So as you very rightly said, how do parents do that? Because parents play a very large role in motivating children to go beyond and outside the box. So one of the important things that they could do is that always ask your child, what is another way to do this? How would you like to do it? You know, I was thinking of doing it like this. What would you like to do? Ask open-ended questions. Allow for children to make mistakes. It's okay. A lot of parents, uh, you know, try to have to make their children creative. Mm. You can't make someone creative. It's a consequence. You just have to follow the action. It will eventually happen. So when you say that my child is creative and a child says something like, oh, elephants are flying. Don't try to put in a fact and say, but sweetheart, elephants don't fly. <sighs> no, some facts help improve imagination and cre mm. creativity. Some facts kill it. So choose the kind of conversation that you have with your child. Do not try to box creativity, you know. Um, and creativity can be added in the smallest of things. Let's say you're baking a cake on a weekend. Ask your child, why don't you bake? In what shape would you like to bake it? You want to make a camel? Okay, let's find a way how we can make a camel out of this cake. Go on and you can find creativity in the simplest of daily things.
I mean, I, I like the idea. I particularly, you know, wouldn't have been an astronomer growing up, but baking with, you know, um, my grandma, baking with my family was something I really enjoyed. And my cousins when it was the school holidays. But I know some of my friends when their children are perhaps baking, uh, they find <laughs> it quite difficult to let the child ice the cake because they want the cake Perfection. to look nice. And what kind of message does that sort of show the child? Well, that, that tells the child that um, that this isn't about what the child's development, it's about the parent's development. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, there is some balance out there in the world between having to do things because you're told to do them. Um, so I think a lot of the issue isn't about one or the other. Yeah. It's about getting a much better balance. And in schools, that's a lot of the exercise that, that we've been going through is um, – is ensuring that the school gets a much better balance, providing much more opportunities for the child to think and discuss and reflect and give their own input um, so that they can they can still learn things that they need to learn, but they can do it in a way that gives them opportunity. One other, one other part of this whole thing is that a lot of the things that are worth knowing, worth being able to do, aren't really understood. You don't really do them well until you go out there and you try to make something with that knowledge, with that feeling, with that attitude, and it's that making, it's trying to make something new, to create something new that gives you the real deep understanding of that thing that, that everybody's been trying to teach you. And so you must be given the opportunity to go, go out and make something with what you've been exploring. We're talking all about creativity, inspiration and curiosity on Drive Live Talks Education. Drive Live Talks Education. Good afternoon, welcome back. It is Natalie Lindo Taylor with myself, Emma Brain. We are on Drive Live and Drive Live Talks Education in the studio. With us is Dr. Paul Lieblich, Head of School and Clarion Schools, and uh, Jodka Agawal, Clinical Psychologist at LifeWorks Clinic. And today we are talking about creativity, nurturing creativity, and how to allow children to be curious about the world. And um, there was an article recently in The Guardian, which uh, a freelance writer Gillian Harvey made the point that we cater too much to children these days that when we were growing up we didn't have classes camps or days out our days weren't planned so uh, everything wasn't planned to to get us entertained and that when we didn't have stuff planned we got bored which in turn spurned creativity and play and all this kind of stuff. There's a quote from the article which says, boredom can be a really important experience for children and young people to have in terms of their own social, intellectual, emotional and psychological development. Children need space to find out who they are, not who we see them as, and how they can apply their own skills to new situations, how to overcome obstacles and to improvise, and how to feel a sense of pride in what they are capable of doing if children don't have a chance to think for themselves or resolve their own minor problems, they may be far less likely to go on to be resilient, self-soothing or creative. Jotka, what do you think of that quote from that article? I have a very 50-50 um, answer. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with it. I also have certain reservations about it. Um, so what my reservation is that in today's place, especially like in Dubai, um, I read that article too. It mm -hmm. talks about, you know, uh, finding blueberries in the fields. Where do you find blueberry fields here? <laughs> um, you know, in the kind of uh, gated communities that we stay in Dubai, where would it be possible to allow to find wood to make a sled and run around, you know? Mm. Um, however, 
in this limited environment also definitely creativity can be born and maybe allowing children right from the younger age to be at their um, a little more their own space with maybe crayons and play-doh and lego and things like that would nurture them but today what's happening is that i see not just in my clinic but also in the malls or in the restaurants every child the minute he uh, or she asks a question they've been given a screen to just mm. keep quiet so suddenly at the age of 7 or 8 you know at pre puberty you're giving your child oh you know what take your time just um be creative it's going to be hard yeah so it's good to start it at a young age and it's also great to model it yourself okay so this would be a great way to help your child um you know be creative and as i said also it takes some time um you can't just say today be creative and it will be there Mm. for 2 weeks 3 weeks if you give your child just space your child is going to get bored mm. so l- if you want your child to be creative then l- give them 3 4 weeks of boredom till their brain starts to <laughs> kick in the engine kicks in and then they start to say oh okay you know why don't i do this okay so <laughs> have a little patience while you do that as well that's great advice <laughs> well, i was going to say can we can we allow children to be bored in school so that this happens how how well, does this work on a school environment i don't think it's like you, i don't want to call it letting them be bored mm-hmm. um i think it's giving them time to think um giving them uh provocative kinds of uh goals and activities to begin to then think and process and and begin to come up with their own thoughts about something those are the sparks of creativity that i i think what we're pointing at here as far as the the being stuck on a screen uh, and being kept busy is is the idea that you're when you're stuck on a screen doing something you are you're just constantly reacting to somebody else to something else you're not having to put a lot of effort yourself into it that means your brain is not really doing the kind of work that develops and helps you to become a creative person you're just more passively responding to your environment rather than you going out and you proactively deciding to do things and so by uh, by giving kids um uh very proactive but also very um challenging kinds of questions and problems um and giving them the, then the time to try to work through those challenges and problems that's where we really get the brain cranking it also increases engagement and the motivation and so i come back to this idea of having fun that's a different kind of fun it's mm. not the fun in a fun park yeah. but it's fun because it's interesting i mean the human brain likes to be engaged it likes to do new things it likes to make a discovery and step back and yeah. go wow i did that so but you you can't experience that unless you've had the time to process it and to try to make something and to fail and succeed and make it work so we've had a text in from alex alex says um Parents must strive to teach the kids manual work or labor in both small and big things so something like going down to a farm or doing some gardening comes to mind for Alex failing to do this will prepare that child for a lot of issues uh, many of them are seemingly small but can turn into quite significant things in later life um you know i guess that that this kind of what you've both talked about is important that outside of school you as parents take responsibility for learning some of these skills that seem so insecure but actually are quite important parts of being an adult. Well, you, you I think it's it's just, it's it's actually not so different than what we would try to do in a good school which is to um have children engage in um 
problems and projects where they're actually having to make things and they're they're taking a variety of resources, they're putting things together, they're working with other kids to try to make something new. Um, you know, they're having to come up with their own plans. And so it, that can be done at home. You know, so rather than going and searching through the toy store for the game that programs the kid and has them do exactly everything mm. a certain way, go for the kind of activities that um, are more open-ended, you know, a set of blocks, you know, just a set of paints, crayons, you know, scissors and paper right. and paste, you know. Right. Um, we have kids in our school who make cities out of what right. we call paperscapes. Right. Okay. Their, their whole big city is just using paper and, and scissors and glue and tape. And, and you say, let's make this city. And they go out and they do a, a, a field trip into the city and they'll go see something about it. And if they come back and they make their own and they sit and they plan and, and that, that, that's the kind of thing that stimulates, motivates a kid to become creative because at the end of the day, they can step back and say, I did that. I made that. I created that. And, awesome. and Jessica, would you agree in terms of whether, you know, the suggestion from Alex about gardening is quite a good example, actually, because you can say to your child, um, yes, our garden does look beautiful, but it's because some certain parts of the year, you know, we need to go out and prune the plants. We need to make sure they're watered and they can see the results from taking part in that process. Definitely. I think any activity that will lead to... Um, F- uh, let's say fruits, bear fruits from yeah. your own action would give a great, would be a se- great self booster for the child. It would be a part of creativity. It it would really help. But there are a lot of other ways also that could help in self expression for a child. That could help him deal with emotions or troubles or concerns later on in life. Um, as Dr. Paul also said, working with hands, um, a lot of other activities that a child could do could also add to the self-expression and handling situations later in life. I'm quite interested in in the the boredom argument, though, because I'm my mum's only child. I have brothers um, on the other side. So I, in the week, was um, an only child. And uh, at the weekends, I was a child, a multiple child. I had siblings. So I kind of feel like I had a good balance between me, 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 me uh, during the week and then us at the weekends. But... I really, as an adult, enjoy my own company. I enjoy my own time and I'm okay with it. And I wonder if that's got a lot to do with the fact that when I was in the week, I didn't have brothers and sisters to play with. I had to force myself to do something if I was bored. I remember making lots and lots of things. And my mum left me to it. She didn't worry that I needed to be entertained. So I think this boredom approach is quite interesting. Would you suggest boredom is a good thing for parents to to sort of see their child a couple of hours not having the the tablet not having anything else and then finding their ways to and uh, you know entertain themselves Jessica would you say that's really important I, I do agree uh, parents should give some time for the child to be able to entertain themselves mm. otherwise the child learns that to entertain or to stimulate myself I always have to depend upon the external environment or an external stimulus Mm. But by giving the child space, the parents are reinforcing the idea that you need you internally with internal stimulus, your own thoughts, your own imagination. You can entertain yourself. You can imagine you can have some fun. You can find your own solutions to problems. It's making the child more self-dependent rather than external dependent. So it's a great idea. I think that that turning point about you talked about boredom. I mean, almost. Sounds like, you know, let's put the kid in the room with nothing there and then <laughs> and we'll just watch him until he's really bored and starts banging his head on Doing the wall. Doing something for um, but, but the point about this is that um, uh, until you've not been 
spoon-fed enough something to do to a certain point and that you actually begin to really think for yourself, you know, how might I use my time? How might I use what whatever else is in the room? Mm. Um, you don't really – you're not stretching yourself. You're not getting yourself to think. You're not trying something out. You're not building the confidence that you can go and be very engaged and entertain yourself um, – Without having to, without having the TV on or the computer on, and I think we all have, are seeing a lot of evidence of you know people who feel like they can't just sit there, you know, they have to be mm. able to flick on the phone yeah. or the screen, and I I think it's beginning to have a, a pretty uh, damaging impact, certainly in one area, which is you know the initiative that children have and the resulting creativity that they can express. And I just wanted to um, pick up a point, uh, Jotica, you made earlier about this article about you saying about picking blueberries and stuff. I just was reminded, you know, when I was a kid at school and they, they cut the grass on the playing field. So we used to go and take the cut grass and make forts out of it. Or if it snowed, we made igloos or, you know, tree houses and, and things like this. So um, obviously a lot of creativity is stimulated from the surrounding environment. With children, say, say inner city children, where there might be um, not so much stimuli around them, it's, 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 again, making use of what is available to you as well, would you not say? Definitely. Um, I remember uh, I had uh, somebody who used uh, pulses to explain how you could do math because I was very weak at math. So they'd say kidney beans <laughs> and dal and certain other things and say, see, you have five oranges, you have three kidney beans and this and that's. So definitely using the resources that you have mm. to um, help children come out of the box is a fantastic way. But that means you have to be creative too. Yeah. Ooh, Just a, without the resource. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Without, if you don't provide the resources in an urban city, yeah. um, it will be harder mm. for the child to pick up. So as I said earlier, you would have to model being creative and kind of mildly pushing them in that direction and then letting the child take mm. over. That would be a great way, yes. But we don't, but we don't, the, the urban city does not lack stimuli compared it's to the different. countryside. Yeah. It's just different, you know. So, for instance, in Clarion, we, one of the big things that we do is we take the kids out into the city on field trips every yeah. week. Wow, every we week. Just, every week. And we just go look at things. So if we're talking about transportation, we say, let's go take a ride on the metro. Awesome. If we're talking about where people work, let's go, let's go to the shopping mall and let's go to the mm. pl different places and say, well, who's doing what here and how's that working? Now let's go back and build our own shop or let's go back and, and build our own transportation system. So there's a huge amount of stimulation. It's not entertainment. And we go out and ask questions and say, what's out there? What do we see? How's that working? Why is it the way it is? You know, what do you remember? Come back and make something from that. One Aisha. of the things I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted to say, my mother and I, I have much older brothers, so I had that only child experience that Natalie had. Um, and again, if you're not locked in a room, you have the resources. And every time I would go to my mum and say, I'm bored, and oh, my dear. husband laughs at this, my mum would say, only boring people get bored. And I've actually <laughs> carried that through in my life. And I just don't actually believe in boredom anymore. Yeah. So your children get told now. They get that told, told that all the time. <laughs>
the poor things. Oh, mom. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. I think the boredom thing is really interesting. We're going to continue the conversation about creativity. Do you have a special talent in your family? Do you think perhaps that creativity was passed on to your children or do you think they had to work hard to learn it? We have Dr. Paul Liebleck, who's head of school at Clarion School, and Jessica Agawal, who's clinical psychologist at LifeWorks Clinics. And we've been talking all about creativity. Is it something that you uh, can impart in your child? Is it something that you should encourage? What's the best way to go about that? And we're just sort of deciding, you know, boredom can obviously play a big role in that, as Aisha found out and her children have now learnt. It's also something that you can, you know, boredom is a, is a feeling and, and, and children shouldn't be bored, essentially, Aisha. Yeah, I do think um, it's about just learning that you have options. I think the most bored I can get now as an adult is if I am stuck somewhere and I can't, as in, as you said, if, if you're stuck in a room, you might find it difficult. Even then you have your, your mind to be with. But Battery for me, yeah, <laughs> for me, it's like if I was in a waiting room and I was, you know, waiting for a doctor or a dentist, I didn't have any magazines or, any or anything. Book, yeah, yeah. Any, any, anything, then that would be maybe boring. But then you, you still got your thoughts with you. So... You're never truly alone, Aisha. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things is if you're a creative person, are you more likely to um, have a creative child? Jessica, do you think if you maybe are an artist as a parent, you're more likely to then have children who are interested in art and also capable of it? Wow. Um, I think children learn to model their parents. So if you are creative and your child appreciates that, then your child will definitely at least try, be motivated into doing it. Whether they'll um, genetically have your skill, Mm. that I can't say. That's not necessary. No, definitely not. But will they be more, will they have an eye for creativity? Would they be more attuned to it? Definitely, yes. But also, if you don't present it to them in a way that's that's, uh, um, being forced down their throat, yeah. So yes. if it's done in a way that's really exploratory, interesting, it's a shared experience, that's that's one way of going to it. But if you're presenting it because I am going to teach you to be an artist, yeah, then that's that's not going to work. Just me. like me. I'm <laughs> going to teach I you to be an artist, an artist just like me. <laughs> so in that sense, you know, creativity is something that can be learned and encouraged. Yes. Um, do you think... It's natural or some children are naturally lucky in terms of um, how creative they are without even having any influence from parents or or outside sources. Yes, some some children are naturally very creative, like they might have a natural flair for art, uh, for designing, for understanding spatial reasoning. Definitely. Um, Some children can biologically be more uh, or genetically be more attuned to that. But everyone, as Dr. Paul earlier said, has some level of creativity and it can always be honed. Mm. It can always be improved and worked upon. But will everyone have the same level of creativity? Maybe not. And with them, um, obviously, with some families, you'll get the parents that they do very specific jobs. And if they, and if yes. they have a creative child, yes. there might be a tendency to want to stunt or move away from the, that creativity. Yes. What kind of effect would that have on a child if they're not allowed to express their creative side? Oh, that's something that I, um, I, I work with a lot of um, families like that. Um, 
parents who have been very routine mm. and straightforward have have had a very basic path in life they find creativity as uh, something that deters somebody from success in life mm. so yes they are likely to um stunt their child's growth by saying no what you're doing is not okay this is silly um study study do this you need to get fab- fabulous grades don't focus on this um it is also likely to make the child resentful mm. and happy uh, you're stopping the child's expression and something that they're fantastic at mm. uh because maybe it's hard for you to understand that um and while i also understand the importance that parents put on um regular education i think a more balanced way would be that the child can explore and work with both Mm-hmm. that you maybe a lot of parents do this that they tell their children that okay you finish college you finish this and then you can you know so you have a safety net sure. while you can explore what you are good at as well okay. so that's a healthier way to rather than stunt and stop them and uh, dr paul have you ever like have any parents that would come and say i don't want my child to do the creative classes or anything and i would rather that they did extra math or extra science or or something like that yes well then they're in the wrong school <laughs> 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 well, that's the truth. Um uh I think that the uh the, the parents parents need to make I guess parents have to make choices too about, mm. you know, what they want for their kids is something you have to think about a lot um because different environments will will support different kinds of development in different ways and you can't, you know, you can't get somebody who's um highly creative um if their everyday experience is one where they're just being expected to comply with somebody else's um ideas so um these are important decisions that a parent has to make mm. okay that's all we've got time for today on drive life talks education it's been a very interesting conversation big thank you to both of our guests today Jessica Agawal who is a cl- clinical psychologist at LifeWorks clinic thank you so much for joining the program Thank you. It was wonderful being here. It was lovely to have you on and Dr. Paul Leevlick who is the head of school at Clarion School. It's a great insight actually into hearing how Clarion works and and the ethos there particularly about school mm. trips. So thank you. My pleasure. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcast at dubaii1038.com.